Hey, everybody. Before we start the show, I just wanted to let you know that I was a guest on a podcast called Natural Magic. You could find that episode now on the Natural Magic podcast feed anywhere you listen to podcasts. Molly has a really great show. She wrote a book and she's doing a full cast audio drama. It's a coming of age fantasy story. So check that out now. Natural Magic. All right. Hope you enjoy that interview. And here's our episode. Thanks. Hey, welcome back to Season 2 of the Machete and Quill Podcast. This season, we're reading the novella, The Witch of Farathon. If you're joining us for the first time and haven't listened to or read The Forest of Despair, which we did on our first season here, don't worry. The Witch of Farathon can easily be enjoyed as a standalone novella with no knowledge of the other books in the series required. Just make sure to start at Chapter 1 of Season 2 and listen in order. Being a novella, this will be a very quick read-through. There are only 13 chapters, so with one per week, this will take around two or three months. Each episode will be quite a bit shorter than the previous season. If you'd like to support my writing endeavors, please uh, consider purchasing my books at ryanhoytauthor.com on Amazon or on any other online bookstores. My fantasy books include Gemma Calvertson and the Forest of Despair, the newly released sequel novel, The Isle of Abandonment, and this prequel novella, The Witch of Farathon. The final book in the main trilogy is expected to be released in late 2024. And if you enjoy horror, I also have a novel called Raven Tree Hollow and some short story chapbooks you can find on Amazon. Stay tuned after this short chapter for a behind the scenes look at the creation of the story. Thank you for listening to the Machete and Quill podcast. Previously in The Witch of Farathon, young farmer Gethin Deverack pursued his lost sheep into the eerie forest of despair, which borders the remote town of Farathon. In the darkness, Gethin fell into a hole, leading him into the caverns below the forest. Pursued by strange sounds and shadows, Gethin was finally rescued by an unfamiliar woman. In his limited state of consciousness, he at first thought she was an old hag. Yet, when the moon struck her just right, he saw the most gorgeous red-haired young woman he had ever laid eyes upon. After a couple days in a deep sleep, Gethin woke to a pounding at the door. Disoriented, he opened it to find his best friends, Germain and Sana Fielder, there to check on his safety. He recounted his story, which left Germain suspicious and Sana to wax about old superstitions held by the townsfolk about mysterious creatures and malicious witches that occupy the surrounding forest. Even knowing these were fairy tales, Gethin finds himself believing there is some truth to them after what he experienced. Now let's get on to the story for this week. The Witch of Farathon, an Epistle Chronicles novella by Ryan Hoyt. Chapter 3 Once Germain was convinced that Gethin was in good health after his two-day disappearance, he and his sister left Gethin alone and headed back to work at their family's brewery. Gethin had put on his most collected face for them, but it had taken a great deal of effort. As soon as they left, Gethin rushed back into his bedroom and re-examined the discarded clothing. Am I losing my mind? He thought. A witch came to me, of all people, and I lived to tell the tale? Not bloody likely. And yet, what other explanation was there? He may have been only half-conscious, but Gethin knew what he had seen. The woman had worn two distinct faces. She had pulled him out of the pit and carried him effortlessly, as if he were a sack of feathers. The cave was at least half a mile away, 
but she had brought him all the way back home, undressed him, and tucked him into his bed. The bleating of a sheep pulled Gethin back into awareness. He tossed the clothes onto his bed and jogged out the front door. The creatures were grazing all around the yard as if they hadn't been on some adventure just two nights prior, as if one of their youngest hadn't been torn to shreds. Gethin approached one of the ewes and clicked his tongue at her. She didn't flinch as he stroked her fur. Hello there, Mama, he said to her. Did you lose your little girl the other day? You're certainly holding up well, all things considered. The ewe rubbed her head against Gethin's pant leg and then resumed grazing. He made his way down around the yard, examining the fence. There wasn't a single break in it, and it didn't appear that any section had been damaged and mended except portions Gethin himself had fixed over the years. He reached the farthest corner, close to the tree line. There was no blood or other remains of the little black lamb, no sign of a struggle. A small bleating grabbed his attention. He turned around but didn't see the source of the noise. Something rustled beyond the trees on the other side of the fence, and the bleating repeated. Is someone out there? Gethin asked. He effortlessly scaled the low fence and dropped down on the other side. Five steps into the woods, he found the source of the bleating. Gethin froze in his tracks. The little black lamb met his eyes. She was in one piece, white crescent moon and all. No blood or gore, no sign of injury. They stood there looking at each other, the lamb seemingly in as much shock as the man. After a minute, Gethin bent low and slowly moved his hand toward her. Thora? Well, fancy seeing you out here, tiny thing, Gethin said. Let's get you back home to your mama. I'm sure she's... The lamb lunged forward and bit Gethin's hand. He stumbled back and fell on his bottom. The lamb turned and darted deeper into the forest. Over the years, Gethin had been bitten by his sheep more times than he could count. What surprised him was that the lamb had drawn blood. Gethin glanced down to find his left pinky and ring finger dripping crimson. In that split second in which the lamb had lunged at his hand, he thought he had seen several razor-sharp teeth in the little creature's mouth. He knew it wasn't possible. The lamb should have had only some of her lower teeth, as well as the hard pad on the roof of her mouth. The teeth he thought he had observed just then had sprouted from the top and bottom and were nothing like the sheep teeth he had seen his whole life. Gethin lost sight of the lamb, but he could still hear her feet shuffling through the brush. He jumped back up and ran after her. I'm not chasing any more of you little beasts into that cave, so don't bother going in there, Gethin yelled, but he knew he would do just that to save the little creature and bring her home, freakish teeth or not. The patter of the little feet led him farther into the woods. The trees here were quite overgrown and sprouted close together. The canopy started to block out the afternoon sunlight. Gethin felt as if he had traveled this exact route two days prior. He clicked his tongue, hoping to catch the lamb's attention, but she continued on her wayward journey. Gethin followed. He plowed through a massive web that had been woven between a pair of tree trunks 
but he did not slow down to look for the inevitably oversized arachnid that had crafted it. A few birds flew out of the brush ahead as the wayward animal disturbed their foraging. Squirrels dodged the little creature, then doubled back when they caught sight of her pursuer. The chase continued for several minutes until Gethin's boot caught on a protruding root and he fell face first to the ground, splitting his chin on a rock. An explosion of light blinded him momentarily. Once it cleared, he peered ahead and noticed the entrance to the cave. The cries of the lamb echoed within it. She sounded distressed. Gethin climbed to his feet and started to jog toward the black maw, but he skidded to a halt when he heard an animalistic roar. The lamb squealed and then fell silent. The next sound was a crunch of bones. Gethin was slowly backing away when a figure appeared at the mouth of the cave. It was not a predator. It was a woman. It was her. All right, well, that was chapter three of The Witch of Farathon by me, Ryan Hoyt, here on the Machete and Quill podcast. This was another quick chapter. After his conversation with Germain and Sana in chapter two, Gethin is perhaps starting to believe that something supernatural might actually be happening. Of course, it'll take some more evidence for him to really buy into it. He's a reasonably realistic guy after all. So when the baby lamb he had previously seen torn apart now arrives back outside the gates of his farm, perhaps that is evidence enough. He goes out anyway and gets attacked. Instead of the long plate that sheep have at the top front of their mouth, his beloved little lamb instead has sharp fangs that nearly takes his fingers off. Definitely something supernatural going on here. I thought it would be a fun visual, uh, a sudden close-up of a sort of vampiric lamb, all black except a white crescent moon that makes her easily identifiable as his lost lamb. And then the chase through the forest, ultimately ending in what seems to be a second death of that lamb in the mouth of the caverns. And then out emerges the mystery woman. Well, I can't wait to show you what happens next. You can find out for yourself sooner if you would like to purchase a copy of the book in paperback, hardcover, or ebook. You can find that at ryanhoytauthor.com shop or on Amazon or other online retailers. All right, well, thank you so much for listening to the Machete and Quill podcast. The songs on the podcast are all original compositions and recordings by me. I'm your host, Ryan Hoyt. Until next time, take care. <laughs>